Welcome to Alchemy Uncensored, a podcast presented by Alchemy Search, a team of professional financial and tax recruiters. Our podcast is dedicated to providing valuable insights into the financial and tax sector of the UE by discussing the challenges and opportunities faced by employers and job seekers. Alchemy Uncensored is the perfect podcast for those looking to gain a competitive edge in the finance, accounting and tax industry of the UE. Stay informed on the latest job market trends, developments and conversations to stay ahead of the game. Tune into our podcast to be part of this insightful conversation. Hello, fellow alchemists. Thank you for listening to the podcast thus far. 2024, big year ahead. The one favor I would ask, if you can, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, is to press the follow and subscribe button on whatever media platform you listen to us, as it helps us grow our network and grow the podcast. So thank you and enjoy the podcast today. Welcome to the Alchemy Uncensored podcast. Today, we'll be discussing relocating to Dubai. In particular, will be the focus on what to prepare for when planning a move to the UAE, what to do when looking for a job in the UAE, and how to set up here in the UAE. Today, I am joined with our special guest, Cayman Mangan. Originally from Ireland, Cayman is a fully qualified chartered accountant and relocated to Dubai in August 23, and he's currently working as an accounting team lead with IFSA. Well, thank you for joining us, Cayman. No problem at all. How are you getting on? Very good. Glad to be here. Had yeah. a great time. Good. Settled into Dubai? Yeah, getting there still. Still getting used to it all, but sure, we're getting there. Eventually. Has it been six months now? Six months, and it's been, I tell you, it's flown by, but it's also been some bad times in there, but all, yeah. hopefully great times come as well. So I suppose the best place to start is just give us a brief introduction about yourself, you know, career history, currently team lead with IFSA. So tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So graduated from UL in 2018 and made a big move from up to Dublin. As, I, as you know, I'm originally from Kerry, so <laughs> long way from home there. That's started a Started off move. with Grant Thornton. Now, my back, accounting background is a bit different. I actually went into advisory. As you know, more 99.9% of accountants start an audit. So I, I actually had a great time in advisory. Like, it's a lot different kind of work. But I suppose as I moved through it, obviously get through the accounting exams fine, but I knew I had to kind of move, get more, I suppose, the A to Z of accounting. That was exactly what was in my mind. So I actually moved on then to a company called Oracle. You might know them. Mm-hmm. Again, had a great time in there. But I suppose during my time there, I kind of got the itch to go to Dubai. So that was around, this is me COVID now, and I was, I was seeing everyone over here, they were still enjoying it. And I was still sitting at home. I think it was around the time you actually moved over. <laughs> and eventually I started putting the plans in place. I, saw, I spoke to my girlfriend, we kind of had an idea. I wanted to go, she didn't want to go. Eventually I convinced her, we came out here on holidays. And here we are, and sitting here on a podcast with you. Brilliant. That's a long change from COVID and you're locked up at home. <laughs> I know, especially in, in Paris and Clary now, it's great. Like we have the parks and stuff, so plenty of places to walk, but... Like it is like work from home was great as well, but it's a big change from, I suppose, what life really was. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose then why Dubai? Obviously, you know, you have friends as well back home who are moving to Australia, maybe America, Vancouver. Why, why Dubai? Why UAE? Yeah. So my sister worked here for about eight years as a teacher. So I visited her for the first time in 2017. And honestly, immediately I fell in love with the place. I just thought completely different area to what I'd seen like seeing all the boats, the buildings, just the weather. So that's, I suppose that's when I got the first itch and I always had it in the back of my head. It was between there and New York, I always had. And then I suppose as time went on, kind of mixing between the two. And then I saw how the finance sector was growing in Dubai, how a lot of companies are moving out here. And again, obviously the weather still attracting me. So eventually I just bit the bullet. I said, I'm going to go for it. And here I am. <laughs> we probably start to speak about 
a year maybe maybe coming up to you you reached out to me on linkedin saying you're looking to move over so i suppose in the job hunting process how did you find it was it what you were expecting was it a lot more difficult than just a case of clicking apply on a linkedin and doing a couple of interviews how did you find the whole process of finding a job that was suitable for you it is very difficult it's completely offset at home at home anytime i look for a job i'd have maybe five job offers from a recruiter every day constantly offering me do you want to have a we can interview you straight away all different offers over here i reached out to you in december 2022 i think it was that was six months six eight months before i was planning on coming over i actually reached out to connor originally he passed me to you oh. then i tried to schedule a call with you and connor was like sorry he's actually gonna be at his christmas party that day so he won't be in any shape i was like what kind of gang am I hanging out here here but eventually we jumped on the call you explained it to me and i suppose i was a lot more confident after i spoke to you i had put my application into a few jobs just to see what the fields were nothing come back and then you kind of were saying that no you will get a job it's just as you get closer to time now again i would say that january to june time was a stressful time because we booked our tickets maybe in march and like i was like okay we're going and i was hearing nothing like nothing at all then i actually another recruiter in fairness i suppose it shows you knowing people in dubai i had luckily just gone contact her she was just there an office recruiter for her own company and she had put me forward for interview got to the second round now unfortunately i didn't get it but it was a great experience because i knew exactly okay, corporate tax was a massive part of that interview. And I had learned a good bit on UAE corporate tax, but not enough for that interview. So I knew any interview going forward, that would be the first thing I learned. So then as it got closer to the time, I suppose you were kind of putting it out there that I was getting close to moving as well. And companies saw that. So I definitely saw more messages coming in. I remember the time zone being so funny. I'd be sound asleep and every morning I'd wake up for the message from recruiter. And it was just such a different, obviously the time zones are so different that it was just, it was great working out, wake up to message saying, oh, I think I have a potential job for you. But yeah, all I can say is it's a completely different process here. It's nothing like back home. Mm-hmm. And I suppose then obviously landing in Dubai, never been to the UAE really working here. How would you find, you know, the culture difference, all the changes from working obviously in Dublin, maybe in Dubai, is there a massive difference or how would you find it? Yeah, so like I suppose I'm lucky kind of where I've ended up. There's a lot of European and Europeans in there and there's Irish in there. So of course I'm obviously gravitating towards the Irish, hanging out with them a lot. But I suppose yeah, I'm lucky in that way. There's like, it's a Euro- very European culture in there. I wouldn't like, I didn't find it difficult settling in. I suppose I put my mark on the job straight away. I suppose I'm in a kind of leadership role, so I get to leave my mark on my team. So it's not difficult. I can understand how it might be difficult for some people, some of the jobs they go into, but absolutely where I am at the moment, very happy and it is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I know yourself now, so people back home in Ireland or in the UK, I know you're telling me yourself, you're getting a few messages from accountants saying, how would you find a job here, etc. What would be the one piece of advice you would give someone who's similar to yourself back in Ireland wants to move here? What would the one piece of advice you'd give someone? Absolutely, hound your recruiter. Don't <laughs> give him a break. I honestly, I, it sounds stupid, but like, I just hound them. Like I, like I got in contact with you in December and I didn't hear from you for a good while. And I think in May, I messaged you on a Saturday and said, Graham, can we jump on a call? I think I said a bit more bluntly than that. and. <laughs> In fairness, you jumped on the call and I think I literally put it out there saying to you exactly my situation. How I'd, and that may have been the one where you were like, actually, this guy is genuine. He really is wants a job. And again, I was wrecking recruiter's head. And you even said to me, and I remember when it, the first time I met Lewis and Jeff, they were all saying, you're the most talked about person in the job. And I'd never even met any of you and someone my name. So if you can just hound them, literally annoy the recruiter to the fact they're like, 
I want to give this person a job, just get them off my phone. That's all I can actually say. And then I suppose on professional side, corporate tax and VAT. If you can become a specialist in UAE corporate tax VAT, everyone will want you. Of course, you need your IFRS standards, but corporate tax is huge this year. VAT came out in 2018. Companies don't know anything about it. That's what we do with, deal with a lot. So if you can become real professional at them, you have a good chance. Yeah, 100%. My LinkedIn now is going to be flooded with messages. <laughs> yeah. My WhatsApp is not going to stop going. So <laughs> yeah. thanks for that, Cayman. I uh, appreciate that. Um, perfect. And I suppose, obviously, one of the drawing factors for here, as you said, is the lifestyle and, you know, things to do in the weekend. So what would your typical weekend consist of? So, of course, you know me. I love getting a gym lift in the morning. Then, obviously, we have our paddle sessions on a Saturday. Then, I suppose for me, it really is just like going to the beach, going to a pool day, like and really soaking in that sun. I know like me and my girlfriend, we talked a lot about doing some traveling. So when there's a lot more days off, we'll start doing day trips. Maybe like we want to go to Abu Dhabi. We've been to, we're going to Vajera next week. It's just, there's just so much to do here. And it's actually, you feel like you don't have the time to do, but like, that's why like I went out and got a car straight away because I wanted to be able to travel around, have that freedom. So there is, there is so much to do here. You can't ever complain a weekend. As we, I always say, like the weekends feel like a holiday every time. Mm, exactly. And I suppose, one thing to say there is you obviously got a car and set up here when you arrived here. In terms of the teething process, I would call it, obviously when you move here, there's a lot of stuff you have to factor out. Obviously not living here before, it's a complete different uh, reality than being on holidays. So how would you find the settling in process? So beside the job, and how would you find settling in, you know, getting new routines, you know, what, what would be the main advice you give someone when they're setting up? Yeah, I would definitely say like we arrived a week early before I started the job and I would definitely say like give yourself at least a week because we actually we couldn't move into our place until the Saturday before I started work. So we flew in the Sunday night the week prior. So we stayed in the hotel, but it couldn't really build a whole routine in the hotel because it was a completely different area. But it's just understanding, I suppose, like the big basics for me, knowing where I get my food shop, getting the car sorted, having an idea how to get to work. Those are the main things. Like everything else will figure itself out, but you don't want to be stressing your first week like obviously then you have the time where you're setting up your bank account and stuff of course you need your msid for that but of course the job looks after that but yeah like it's a, it's a, it is a tough setting up mark i suppose mark and like you need to have a good bit of a good bit of savings behind you like just to get that set up because everything here is pay up front and it's like half the price you don't really have a choice you kind of like you're not going to pay double the price for a monthly payment so that's a big change from back home mm. Exactly. I suppose those are little catches when you when you come here, for example, you know, having uh, three months rent up front. It's kind of those little factors you don't really think about before moving here. You think it's just a case of maybe an Airbnb for a month, trying to sort out a job. And then you realize the extra bits that you have to do in terms of setting up a bank account, finding a place, you know, that you're looking for. It's, it's these little factors that I suppose it's good to be aware of before mm. moving out here. Right. So, okay, I mean, you're currently team lead in IFSA. So tell us more about your role here, your day-to-day -day responsibilities um, and what to expect, obviously, when you're working here in Dubai. Yeah, so like, obviously I was delighted when you got me that opportunity. It was actually a step up for me. So in my roles in Ireland, I was always a financial accountant, senior financial accountant, whereas this was now more stepping up, leading a team, which I obviously was nervous about at the start, but I read down through the role, I knew I could do everything for it. And especially in the interview, I came across that way because obviously I had, I suppose, even as a senior financial accountant, you're obviously managing training accountants at home. So over here, yeah, my role day to day is purely just kind of, I suppose, doing the accounts of organizational clients. So helping them out, like we get a lot of queries again, as I said earlier about corporation tax and VAT. What do I need to do? How do I do it? So it's advising them exactly what needs to be done, how the UAE laws are going to affect them and then having helping them out with their accounts. Because unfortunately, all these UAE companies, they just 
do not have, I suppose, financial records weren't mandatory up to only recently. So nobody has a clue. You you have people, you could talk to them and they say, I have no receipts for any of my sales. I get everything in cash. They're like, what do I do? So that's a big change from back home. At home, it's very strict. It's all by the book. But here you'll see a completely different thing. But again, getting the opportunity to manage a, manage a team is a great experience for me in the next step of my career. Mm, 100% and you say there obviously I'm not the tax expert obviously even here in Alchemy it's Rosa Pooja who are the tax queens but um, around corporation tax um, and its effect I suppose here in terms of your role I know from my understanding it's constantly changing day to day in yeah. terms of regulations etc how are you finding that obviously learning it in Dubai how are you finding these constant changes with the regulations yeah it's mad because like it's just the laws change so much like it, there's a lot of similarities in Ireland obviously what you can deduct stuff obviously just some differences as well so I'd obviously be well versed in that but obviously you've got like qualifying free zone persons certain thresholds that need to be met like it, there's a lot of information where I can see where clients get confused but I know a lot of people are panicking over the whole thing but we've done the calculations and when you really come down to it it only ever works out around two or three percent of your sales that you're actually getting deducted and there's so many exemptions that there's a great opportunity it shouldn't really bother that many businesses mm, exactly exactly no um and then in terms of sport here came you're a sporty guy i can see mm. you go to the gym a lot you're a big <laughs> <Thank> man <you. laughs> yeah um sports out here what would be sports that you play out here and um, that maybe you didn't play back in ireland so, like, obviously, I got off to a terrible start over here in sports with the first Alchemy event. Sprain ligaments <laughs> my knee first week here. That was absolute nightmare. Pretty much in physio, way once, twice a week. Just that was two, two and a half months. I remember that the next day I tried to go golfing after that and literally could not turn. And I thought I'd done my ACL because I chatted my sister who'd recently done it. She had the exact same symptoms. And that was a really bad start. I'm nearly thinking, am I going to fly back home at that stage? <laughs> then I saw the medical insurance was covering everything. So I was like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> so yeah, like obviously, you know, like, like gym and golf is just massive to me. Like, unfortunately, the golf is so expensive out here. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the credit cards, you get a couple of free rounds. It's very difficult to book. So that would have veered to a lot. Eventually, I do want to get into the GA. I suppose the injury at the start of the year, when I got here, kind of scared me off it. So I'll probably still take my time. Like my, I am fine now, but I'd like to keep building it up because I just would not let get injured straight away again. And obviously that could easily happen. And of course, obviously I love the odd five aside. That's obviously great. And you forgot one of the main ones came and I have to say to you, you played your first game of paddle there oh, two sorry, weeks ago. Yeah. You yeah. and your partner. And then I have to say you did very well last week. I need to get another game booked in with you now for the redemption soon. Exactly. That's something you can't, like, that's exactly, like, you can't do something like that in Ireland, you know? It's just, you obviously never have the weather for it, but, like, we've had some great paddle games, and it's just, it's such a holiday sport, you think of it, and now you're, like, it's on our front doorstep every weekend. That's where it completely changes your, kind of, I suppose, thoughts on the kind of life you can live Mm -hmm. if you want it. Exactly, yeah, and I suppose another thing about that is obviously saying paddle back home, it's just an opportunity you couldn't take in relation to, I suppose when you moved here, you would have had one sense of view of Dubai about the holiday destination. And obviously the reality is maybe a slightly different. In terms of people back home, what, were you, if you were going back to someone in Ireland now after being here for six months, what would you tell them directly about the lifestyle here, what to expect, and obviously the do's and don'ts? Well, I'd be saying make the move because you'll absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, of course, like obviously the big thing I've noticed here is the traffic like it's just you do not realize how bad it is like it's like you're in six there's six lanes and you're still in traffic and it's just like how in ireland do we only have like one lane to half lanes if we're not in traffic <laughs> but yeah like i suppose the do's and don'ts like 
obviously do get a big have savings behind you coming like it's expensive starting off everyone knows that like especially if you get lucky enough to have a job straight away you're probably not gonna get paid for a month after so you've got a lot to get through you got your rent your car your food everything going on don'ts i suppose would be just do again i suppose around the job like don't panic if you don't want to get a job like there's great recruiters obviously in alchemy but like i wouldn't panic about it like you if you should realistically you should come with three to four months savings and just be like this is what i want if it doesn't work out at the end of the day as a starter you will get a job in ireland the next day if you really wanted it there's no like you shouldn't panic about not having a job because there are loads of jobs the finance industry here is growing tenfold it's insane like the way our business is growing is crazy so we're like all these companies especially corporate tasks i said earlier on vat if you come specialist in that everyone's going to want a specialist that cut in the future because it's only becoming big this year because they, they see corporate tax. They don't realize VAT is there. And now with both of them coming together, all companies are like, I need a specialist. Mm, exactly, exactly. Perfect. So you've been here six months. What do you see the future for yourself in Dubai, you know, career-wise in terms of what you're going to see yourself doing in the next maybe five years? Yeah, so I suppose for me, it, again, it's still getting around that UAE, the corporate tax and the VAT, but it's also become stronger to standards. Like I suppose... I want to make sure that in my role, I'm extremely confident so that there is opportunities to progress. So the next step up for me is probably finance manager, financial controller. That's obviously where I'd like to get to. And then eventually you want to be the chief financial controller. Like obviously that's well down the line, but that's where I'm aiming to go. I suppose outside of work, what I want to do is I'm hoping to go to Bali this summer, maybe for a couple of weeks. Obviously we know how bad it is in Dubai in the summer. Like when I got it, my first week when I got here, you had said it to me a voice note a couple of weeks beforehand how bad it was. And I was like, no way, it's like freezing here in Ireland. So definitely not. And my God, when I got that plane, it was like stepping into a sauna. And I remember walking to the shop one day, it was a five minute walk from the apartment to get my get some food bits and came back sweating. And I was like, I don't know how anyone does this. So definitely Bali for a couple of weeks. And then again, as I said, a couple of day trips, maybe staycations. My dad's coming over in April. So... Hopefully we'll get to do an all-inclusive with him somewhere and we'll get definitely get a few rounds of golf and like, I know it's very expensive, but I'll treat him to those games and make a bit of money oh, yeah. now. So we'll see how it goes. 100%, 100%. Um, where's your next trip? Your next trip is next weekend to... Address for Jera. Address for Jera, yeah. very nice. So I'm lucky, like my sister basically has traveled the whole world. And as I said, she lived here for eight years, so she's done everything here. So pretty much when I got off the plane again, she sent me a list of everything. So I'm just going through them one by one. Obviously I get, that's as well as the Valentine's treat to my girlfriend. So she had said that was a good one to do. So yeah, it's a great opportunity, great place to go and looking forward to it. You've thrown me under the bus. I've nothing planned yet, lad. I'm in, I'm in trouble. One week away, isn't it? I'm yeah, in trouble. I won't be happy. Emma will not be happy, but sure, look, look, there's always next year, as I say. So as you said, obviously, we kind of helped you out in terms of your role searching. You've met everyone in the company, and I know, I'm not sure if you've seen the previous podcast, Lewis was kind of going through our year in Alchemy Search. So how did you find the interaction here with Alchemy and the whole process? Yeah, like I touched on earlier, like obviously when I first got on to you, I thought this company is obviously different if they're saying they won't be able to take a call because of their Christmas party. But... Obviously, it's great. Like I was, I suppose Connor was, I had reached out to a few recruiters because I suppose like many people find when you mess recruiters, nobody responds. Like it, one in 10 at best, and they might take your CV and you'll never hear from them again. That's what my experience was. But in fairness, when I found Connor, I was like, he's Irish. There's a good chance here he might reply. And he had a couple of mutual collections. So I was like, okay, if he sees my profile, he'll think he might know me some bit. So I messaged him and in fairness, he straight away said, send me a WhatsApp. 
and I can put you in touch with, uh, I suppose, one of our consultants. So I was like, great, that's a great opportunity here. So of course we had that call. So of course my experience with you was great. Then I suppose as the year went on, I kind of saw like Alchemy's In Fairness social page is great. I genuinely felt like I knew y'all, even though I was in a different country and never met any of you in person. But there's so many, you're doing so many different things. And then eventually, I suppose I had contact with Jeff. He sent me a number of roles. Then I had contact with Lewis. He sent me roles. I'll never forget the day that Lewis did send me the voice note, basically saying that I was the most talked about person in the office. And again, I'd never met any of you in person. So that's when I knew, okay, I'm clearly doing something right. But like, I can't suggest you enough. Anyone who ever gets on to me saying, how do you get a job in Dubai? I say alchemy at the moment is probably the best because at least you respond. Uh, most crews don't respond and like I have a very very strong CV and I'm not getting responses so like I can see what it's like for other people it's probably difficult but absolutely couldn't recommend you enough yeah and uh I'm going to apologize for the knee injury that took you out for three months. That was uh, not Alchemy's fault, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. But no, I suppose that's the thing about Alchemy. You know, we do try our best as as recruiters here. Um, obviously, we do get inundated with messages all the time on LinkedIn. We do try to reply to every single person. Um, that's kind of what we do here at Alchemy. Everyone, because I suppose even myself and yourself um, have been on the other side of that table as well, where... We've been looking for a job, we've been reaching out to recruiters, you know, and getting a reply or getting a response even after going to an interview um, can be quite difficult. So I suppose we do try our best to get back to every single person. Um, yeah. So Graham, you obviously liked me as a candidate, you got me a job. What would you say to anyone back home that's hoping to get a job? How do they get in your good side? <laughs> Everyone's always on my good side. Um, <laughs> Spell my name correct in the LinkedIn messages <laughs> is always one I get uh, called many different names and so in the office. Uh, so I'd say tailor your message to whoever you're sending a message to. You know, some people copy and paste and send it to 100 different recruiters. So I would say tailor your message to each person. Um, as you said, once we speak, you know, get in my WhatsApp. Even if it is Saturday morning, I will get back to you as soon as possible. Um, just keep on keeping me up to date as well. So I'll keep you up to date with all the roles that are happening with us. Um, as we said, we'll always reach out as soon as we have a right role, we'll be able to reach out to you, but also keep us in the loop about interview processes you're in, um, up to date with your job search, because sometimes we might message someone, they we say we've no roles at the moment, and then we message them maybe a month later and they're saying, oh, I accepted role elsewhere. So, you know, keep us up to date with your own job search as well. And if you need any advice, you know, keep on reaching out to us. Um, I suppose um, one thing I would say to people who are looking for jobs is kind of stay active as well on LinkedIn, you know, keep on following up with people. Um, it's the best way because even if they don't reply initially, they once the follow-up email, it will come straight to their top of their inbox and go, okay, perfect, I'll get back to you. Um, that's one thing I would say. Um, and yeah, maybe not a late night text, maybe not <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning, don't be, or trying to phone someone at two in the morning, uh, you know, when on Dubai time, yeah. taking consideration time differences. Because yeah, yeah. um, sometimes I get in trouble when my phone goes off at two o'clock in the morning and my partner's asleep trying to yeah. like, who's who's on the phone. Um, so that's one thing I'd recommend. Um, but yeah, I say just keep on messaging, being personable. Um, at the end of the day, as you said, we're quite approachable. We're not um, very... I suppose strict or very not approachable people we are we will be very open and honest with all of our information that we give about roles etc so um yeah i suppose that's probably the best thing to do and if they take you out for a drink is that bonus points oh well, take us out for a drink now then that is uh definitely <laughs> bonus points came and uh, that's what came and promised me a pint of guinness when he arrived in uh, dubai so uh that definitely gave him a few brownies, a few brownie points but um, so I suppose one thing we like to do in this podcast is kind of a, a quick fire question round. So yeah. I'm just going to ask you 
random questions and let's see what you come back with, okay? Dubai or Ireland? Dubai. Okay. Minstrels or Maltesers? Minstrels. Okay. Ice pop or ice cream? Ice cream. Football or rugby? Football. Mm-hmm. Golf or paddle? Golf. Still strong to golf. <laughs> Netflix movie or Netflix TV show? Netflix movie. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I'll give you fair enough on that. I know I'd be a paddle man myself instead of football, but... Um, what was your dream job as a kid where you always dreamed to be an accountant? No, originally I did dream to be a professional golfer. A lot of people, <laughs> I generally did, like, I suppose, I, honestly, my summers when I was younger, you can ask anyone, like, first day we got off school, I was there. I lived far outside Clarny, so I lived in the countryside, so my lift into the, this was a golf club and back was nine o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the evening. So I was just dropped there, there all day, that could be playing, playing holes, practicing so that was my summer generally all the time contemplating golf and I actually was contemplating a year out I suppose for after leaving cert to go I suppose try and go pro just purely sell down sell through it but in the end I just didn't I said I'd go college get it done I suppose in actual career terms I had physiotherapy in mind it was always something I thought about I obviously I'm big into sports I I, I kind of like that side of things but again so obviously the lean cert points are very high like and I just kind of I got, I was really good at maths in school. Like I always did very good at maths and I suppose I didn't even do accounting for leading starters. So that's what surprised a lot of people. Like I didn't do any accounting. And it wasn't until I did commerce in college and it was until second year until you to choose a major and I chose accounting. And it just snowballed from there. It's just been carrying on. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So you basically, you're the Tiger Woods of accounting. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I do. Favourite golfer? Tiger Woods. <laughs> Tiger Woods, yeah. not Rory. No, Tiger all day. Okay, and I suppose one thing that's very topical, I suppose, in the golf thing at the moment is live golf. Yeah. Full opinion. Yeah, like, I know everyone gives out about it, but at the end of the day, if you were offered 400 million to go play golf maybe 10 times a year, I don't think you're turning it down. And then no. there's talks of the murders going on. I know John Ram obviously left earlier. Like, I would be certain that he had been involved in knowing what's going to happen with that merger and most likely it's going to go ahead so he was probably told you could sign for us play for a year get your money and then we'll merge again so i can't complain to any of them of course but like at the end of the day it's what their choice could have been you gaming could have been me but i'm stuck <laughs> here on a podcast with you so oh. <laughs> um no perfect i just want to say thanks a million for coming to the podcast delighted to be here pleasure. honestly as I was, we were saying earlier from one text message in December to sitting on a podcast with you now, anything can happen. <laughs> in the sun, exactly. Away from the sheep in Killarney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just thank you for coming on, Cayman. Um, I know you do love the gym, so I ah, we stuffed this with a few <laughs> veg for you. Uh, you're fruit, too fruit good. And veg. <laughs> thank you very much. No matter. The alchemy plug and all. Come on. <laughs> so thank you for listening for this podcast. We hope that you found it insightful and make sure to tune in to the next episode.